Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. We stand now on the precipice of civil war. For the past several years, I have discussed the probability, the possibility. I've interviewed several experts who made the claims that the U.S. was headed towards civil war long before I ever did. And I must admit, I am but a humble pundit, opinion guy who complains on the internet. And so what happens is I see stories. I see what other people are writing about and being reported in the news. I did used to do field journalism. Now I'm just an opinion guy. And after seeing the analysis from security experts and from many individuals who have been on the border, as well as law enforcement and professors, it became clear that we were dangerously close to a civil war in this country. Now, a lot of people like to attribute it to me because I talk about it quite a bit, and I think it's important that I do. The latest news coming out of Texas indicates we are standing on the edge of civil war. Now, some have argued we're already in a civil war, but perhaps it is a civil strife pre-civil war period. Civil strife, is academically, uh, as it's academically known, is the period before a civil war, such as bleeding Kansas. In the United States, Before the Civil War broke out in 1861, there was a seven-year period called Bleeding Kansas, where abolitionist and pro-slavery forces were killing each other. I spoke with Stephen Marsh, who I cite very often in regards to this issue, who said that after a certain amount of deaths every year related to political causes, you can say a nation is in civil strife. By the academic standard, the United States is in this period. We are now looking at a situation on the southern border following a Supreme Court ruling which may lead to something akin to Fort Sumter. I know many of you already know the history, but first let me give you a brief on the news. Supreme Court has ruled the federal government can go in and remove border barriers on the Texas border, and that the federal government has final authority and jurisdiction on the border, not the states. The problem, CBP agents are actively engaged in human smuggling operations. I have video proof. We have testimony from CBP agents. It's a fact. They know they're doing it. They'll keep doing it. They don't care that what they're doing is illegal because they've been ordered to do so. Despite the fact that you have the mayor of New York, Chicago, many cities, I'm I'm citing specifically Democrat cities who are complaining. 
who are ringing alarm bells saying the invasion of criminal aliens is overwhelming our resources. Help us. Texas has made a move to defend its border by passing a law saying it is illegal to cross the border in this way without going through the proper process. Texas has deployed armed National Guard soldiers to remove the criminal CBP agents who are engaged in human smuggling operations. Where we go now, this is a this is a a Fort Sumter-esque moment. Federal agents had been removing border barriers that Texas put in place to try and defend its state and the nation. When Texas came in and said, stop, a court ruled the federal government could not destroy these barriers. The federal government actually brought in tools to assist in the criminal alien human smuggling operations. The Supreme Court has now ruled five to four. The feds can remove these border barriers. Where we are now, the governor of Texas has vowed to defy any federal attempts to assert authority over the border jurisdiction at Eagle Pass. A Republican congressman has called on Texas to ignore Supreme Court ruling because Biden is, quote, staging a civil war. Why is this happening and where does it go? Now, I've said this for some time. Perhaps it's intentional. The Biden administration and many in the Democratic Party want to curtail more rights of the American people. How would you go about destroying the U.S. Constitution? You can't unless the country is torn asunder and its founding structure is is destroyed. Thus, in the event of a civil war, you can effectively erase the founding documents, the Constitution and human rights. This could be the play. I don't know. What I can tell you is in the first civil war, assuming it was just the first, hopefully there's no more. The battle at Fort Sumter is considered to be the beginning. And what happened? After the secession of several southern states, Union forces occupied a military base, Fort Sumter. South Carolina said, good sir, you are hereby required to vacate the premises as this is our land and you are not welcome to assert your authority here. The Union said, no, hey, it's our base, our tools, our supplies. We built it. You can't tell us to leave. So Southern forces came and said, back the F off. Shots were fired. I believe it's disputed as to who fired first. Nobody died. Uh, in the conflict, I believe there was one accidental death. But I mean, in terms of shooting at each other, there it wasn't really an attempt to try and kill one another. And they say this was the start of the Civil War. Following the battle at Fort Sumter, there was another battle that took place. The first battle of Bull Run or the Battle of Manassas. In fact, despite the fact that we recognize historically that Fort Sumter was the start of the Civil War, the people in this country did not believe it could happen. Let me stress that for you. We say historically Fort Sumter started the Civil War. Yet after that battle, no one believed a civil war was happening. In fact, they still believed it could never happen. So what did happen? The first battle of Bull Run, people picnicked atop a hill, thinking that there would be no real fighting. And this is silly and stupid. And it was bedlam. 
both, both sides completely unprepared for the carnage that ensued. Civilians running in panic. Famous political cartoons of political officials frantically holding their hats as blood was spilled on the battlefield. So where are we now? Oh boy. The federal government has asserted its authority over the border to facilitate criminal activities, crimes against this country, facilitating an invasion, despite the fact you have Democrat mayors and politicians saying this is destroying us. The mayor of New York saying this will end New York, reportedly. The mayor of Chicago is suffering panic attacks. They're building camps for the criminal aliens. And Customs and Border Patrol are facilitating these illegal activities. Texas has, has asserted jurisdiction, saying we will defend our borders. The next move, perhaps my friends, the federal government backs off and says, we don't want a fight. We cannot do this. But therein lies a great challenge for this nation. The Supreme Court has banged the gavel. The federal government has the authority to traffic humans, to engage in criminal actions in this country, and no one can stop them. Now, that's not exactly what they said, but witnessing criminal activities, five to four, SCOTUS said, the feds have jurisdiction, simple, narrow ruling. We vacate the lower court's ruling. The feds can remove these barriers. It's not the most complicated of rulings, but it's basically saying, that we recognize that Customs and Border Protection are engaged in criminal activities. They are destroying state property, which is also a crime. I believe it's a felony. And they are facilitating human smuggling. And we accept it. The state, they have two options. They can back down. They can tell the feds, you win. You win. Destroy this country. Destroy our home. You win. But Greg Abbott, is saying no. And this is where things are getting more worrisome. This is not over. Abbott vows to defend Texas's authority to secure the border after SCOTUS sides with Biden. Law enforcement in Texas, as well as the governor, have said no to the Supreme Court publicly. We have this tweet from Greg Abbott. This is not over. Texas's razor wire is an effective deterrent to the illegal crossings Biden encourages. I will continue to defend Texas's constitutional authority to secure the border and prevent the Biden administration from destroying our property. Chris Alaverez, he is a lieutenant spokesperson with the Texas Department of Public Safety, South Texas region, states, the state of Texas under Governor Greg Abbott's Operation Lone Star will maintain its current posture in deterring illegal border crossings by utilizing effective border security measures, reinforced concertina wire and anti-climb barriers along the Rio Grande. The logical concern should be why the federal government continues to hinder Texas's ability to protect its border, all while allowing for the exploitation dangerous and inhumane methods of permitting illegal immigrants, including children, to illegally cross a dangerous river where many have lost their lives. Texas is the only state using every strategy and resource to protect its sovereignty, combat criminal activity, and discourage illegal immigration. Texas will continue to hold the line. Have you seen the price of gold lately? 
It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Here we are, my friends. The next move means everything. It's a game of chicken, and I wonder who will back down. Will Joe Biden, the Biden administration, order federal agents and the CBP stand down? If they do, what does that mean to the federal government? If the Supreme Court's ruling is meaningless and the states can assert their authority over the jurisdiction that the Supreme Court has ruled is federal, then what power does the federal government have? The states can do whatever they want. The Supreme Court is impotent. The federal government has no choice but to use force to assert their authority. And then comes the standoff. If federal agents in the CBP try to push past armed National Guard soldiers in Texas, which have already been deployed, will Texas assert its right to protect its, its borders? The question is, who will flinch? The scary reality is, Customs and border protection are facilitating human smuggling and coyotes and other uh, criminal organizations and cartels. They are the bad guys. I want I want every customs and border protection agent to know this. If you work for the CBP, you are the bad guy. You are the evil we are seeking to prevent. You are engaged in criminal activities. This is not in dispute. This is a fact. Now, you may argue you have the authority in the jurisdiction. But when human smugglers are shuffling people into this country and Texas has already stated it is illegal, well, at the very least, you're in violation of state law. You're committing crimes. I wonder where this one ends up. I believe that when you look at the general sentiment of cities like New York and Chicago and L.A., despite the fact that many Democrat politicians have defended these human smuggling operations, we can see that when the pressure is increased and these migrants, these criminal aliens are flooding the cities, the Democrat government panics. The sentiment is clear. The nation is opposed to the actions of CBP. I want to make sure this is clear for all of you. Everyone in the Customs and Border Protection who are facilitating this I have this video here. I'm going to I want to play a little clip of it for you. You will be held accountable. I hope and I pray. I beg. Donald Trump, his administration, 
Arrest these men. When you win in November, arrest them, each and every one of them. Strip them of their pensions. Make their families see that these men are criminals who broke the law because it was easy. They decided that committing crimes because they were ordered to do so was the easy path. It's called the dirty cop. I don't care if your boss told you to do it. The police chief instructed his his officers to rob a bank and they said, well, my boss told me to do it. Yeah, I think you should go to prison for a very long time. You see, there, there's some arguments to be made, I suppose. Let's say a uh, uh, police chief tells his uh, uh, officers, we need to go and secure evidence in this bank. We're going to be going in and we're going to be taking it. It's drug money. And they went, OK, well, I can understand that the, the, the criminal there is the chief. The only problem is we have an interview from a CBP agent. They know what they're doing is illegal. They know they are breaking the law. They know the nation opposes them. So I ask you, CBP agents, whatever it is you think you're doing, what do you think happens when even Democrats are calling your activities a problem? What do you think happens when the entirety of this nation looks at you and says, you made this problem happen? Do you think they'll forgive you? Do you think you'll just be able to walk away from this? You are committing the crimes. Now, of course, there is a simple solution that averts all of this and makes everything stop and calm down. And that is if Customs and Border Patrol agents do the right thing and refuse illegal orders. When their supervisors come down and say you are hereby ordered to go to the border and facilitate criminal alien activity and human smuggling, and they say, I'm not going to do that. Fire me. You will not push me into committing crimes. At that point, all of this abates. Tensions will, will calm down. From a boil to a simmer, we may move past this. The problem is these men are cowards. They are cowards. And this is why I have very little respect for people who won't stand up for what they believe in. Let me play this minute clip for you right now so you can hear what they have to say. Agent agreed to speak with us, but didn't want to go on camera. Normally, agents are not allowed to be interviewed, and all press requests are typically deferred to a public information officer who rarely ever responds. But in this instance, the agent seemed exhausted and eager to tell me what was going on. Now, there's very few of them evading. How come? Well, because they allowed them in. They don't evade because they'll let them come in, they'll... They load them in the vans, they take them up to Phoenix, give them a $3,000 gift card and a cell phone and send them wherever they want to go. You get a court date. You have two years to show up in court. That's the reason I give them a phone, because they're saying if you they don't give me a phone, I don't know when I'm supposed to go to court. So they give them a phone. At first, I was confused what the Border Patrol agent meant when he kept referring to they. To the naked eye, it appears that Border Patrol is the one handling and processing the migrants, but they're only the first step in a chain of bureaucratic authority that goes up to the Department of Homeland Security, then finally up to the Department of Justice's Executive Office for Immigration Review, which is more or less controlled by the Biden administration, who've taken a much more open arms approach to immigration after pulling back Title 42 just about a year ago. I do not care. They, they allowed them in. They allowed them in. No, they didn't, sir. It's you. Mark my words. I am but a humble man on the internet. And I read the news 
I analyze the news. We do have a team of journalists uh, we work with. I will do everything in my power. I will make every phone call. I will knock on every door and I will beg the people I know who work in government to make every criminal referral available that they can so that you, Customs and Border Protection, CBP officer, uh, agent, you go to prison for the rest of your life for seditious conspiracy against this country. That doesn't mean a lot. I happen to know a handful of people. But what does that really mean? I mean, I may make a phone call and say, why aren't we arresting these guys? Why aren't they sitting in jail cells? They stand there giving these people rides in, in, in vehicles, opening up the borders and letting them in. They have destroyed border barriers to facilitate this, all while saying they did it. Nice try. You did it. In this video, it is clear. To the observer, it is CBP that is doing this. I am not a man of tremendous authority or power. I have a successful business. But every single time we get someone who comes in here who is a politician, I will lobby in the figurative sense. Good, sir, please. I want these CBP agents in prison. I want them to know that I'm advocating for that. And if you are in CBP and you watch the show, because I know we've had people who call in and say that their family members are. You may not be on the southern border, but you are party to a criminal enterprise. I reject this outright. This country cannot stand so long as cowards accept a paycheck from from illegal activities. Joe Biden is gutting this country and pushing us to the brink of civil war. Let Texas defend its border. If the federal government will not do it as they are instructed to under Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution to defend a state from invasion, if they will not, then allow the state to do it. The federal government has just won in the Supreme Court the right to destroy Texas's border barriers. Texas National Guard troopers are trying their best to defend their state. For a while, Texas was sending migrants on buses and planes. And it shocked many of these Democrat cities, the influx. I am not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. And many people said, Tim, you don't understand. Texas doesn't have the authority on the border. It's a federal issue. They can't deport people. So this is the next best thing. No, the next best thing is what Texas is doing now, sending armed soldiers to the border to remove CBP. Greg Abbott should be arresting these CBP agents, because only then will these scumbag cowards in the CBP stop committing crimes. My friends, I want to make sure it's very simple for you. This is all illegal. It is against codified law. I am not saying that the federal government should be stopped from performing their legitimate duties. In fact, I am in favor of their legitimate duties under Article 4, Section 4. What I am telling you right now is that under the the color of law, these men are pretending to be acting in a legal capacity while actively 
facilitating illegal human smuggling. All because they claim, well, I don't know, my boss told me to do it. It's someone else. No, it's you. Each and every one of these CBP agents said, I ain't going anywhere near that border. And they could do it right now. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com It'd be over. There'd be no crisis. Texas would secure its border as it should. The federal government will say, well, we can't do anything about it. Biden's illegal human smuggling smuggling facilitation operation will end. And we will move forward. And I hope that's the direction we go. I'd be willing to say this. I look at it right now. This is the precipice. If CBP agents right now at the southern border after this Supreme Court ruling, say there is no amount of money you can pay me to make me go head to head with armed National Guardsmen in Texas. We're done. There is no civil war. There is no conflict. But if these CBP agents say it's our jurisdiction and we will use force against Texas to assert this, ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to our Fort Sumter moment, Civil War II, called Eagle Pass. And I wonder, as I'm reading these stories, will it be 100 years from now and they'll say the Battle of Eagle Pass? The Second Civil War started with Eagle Pass. That's crazy. And I'm like, heck of a name. Shelby Park. I don't know if that one will be the, uh, the title, but Eagle Pass. Wow. It has a historic ring to it, doesn't it? And that's what I fear. I hope. What happens is CBP agents just say, guy, I'm not breaking the law. I don't want a Texas National Guardsman to come and try and arrest me. If Donald Trump gets elected, I'll be arrested. I'm not doing this. I say this right now. If these CBP agents on the border cease all of their criminal activity, I'd be willing to forgive and say, I get it. Their bosses came to them. They didn't know what was going on. Once they figured it out, when things got hot, they said, I'm done. No way. Then I say those are men of honor. The question right now is, will they be cowards? It's fascinating, right? The easy out right now for these guys, one could argue, is the less uh, conflict heavy. Do CBP agents want to go fight an armed Texas National Guardsman? Or would they rather just find a job somewhere else? I mean, it's got to be pretty dang scary. You get ordered to push past armed soldiers to assert jurisdiction over them. I don't know what's going to happen, man. If 
Texas stands down and allows the federal government to continue this human smuggling operation, you have no country. What Biden is doing is ripping this country to shreds, destroying it. Texas is defending its border, acting effectively as a sovereign state. I mean, the fact that Texas is sending the migrants to other states shows you where we're already at. Texas views its interests above all else. I can respect that. But I look at it like, hey, Texas, when you send migrants to New York, to Chicago or wherever else, that is a net negative on this country. You're helping Joe Biden. Texas says we don't care. We are defending Texas. And that's when you start to realize, hmm, I get it. I do. I understand. Texas no longer views the interests of the United States as its own. It views its own interests above the others. Sending illegal immigrants from Texas to New York is deporting them. It's fascinating. It's fascinating when you realize that. Sending them out of Texas to any other state in this country is the process by which they are being deported. Texas is gearing up for secession. I mean, we've had the Texas exit movement. Texas has talked about it quite a bit. Depending on how popular the idea is, I don't know. But I'm not saying quite literally that Texas is sitting there drawing up plans for secession. I'm saying the activities they are engaged in, asserting their state sovereignty over the United States is indicative of a cultural shift towards sovereignty and secession, whether codified or not. Again, I'm not saying Texas is drafting up a bill that says we hereby secede. I'm saying actions speak louder than words and the actions they've engaged in already defying the federal government and deporting illegal immigrants to other states. They are acting as if they are already sovereign and have seceded. Oh, boy. Tucker Carlson chimed in on this one. He said, so it's unanimous. Everyone in power from the White House to the hedge fund managers to the Supreme Court of the United States has decided to destroy the country by allowing it to be invaded. That leaves the population to defend itself. Where are the men of Texas? Why aren't they protecting their state and the nation? You know what, man? I always end these segments by saying something simple. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about all of this and the feds back down and Texas apologizes. They CBP and the National Guard hug. Biden says we got to stop this is this invasion. No more human smuggling. Let's start deporting people. Maybe it all ends today. And I was wrong about everything. Yeah. Maybe every single time I said something like this would happen, I was wrong. Here's the problem. There's a lot of things I get wrong. A lot of predictions I make, they're always tentative, soft predictions. You know, people like to say, ha ha, Tim was wrong about this. And I'm like, my guys, I'm not predicting the future nor looking through a crystal ball, despite the fact that Ian has one literally on the table. I'm not reading a crystal ball. I'm just saying, if X, then Y. If A, then B. If, I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. I could not have predicted this. I had no idea the Biden administration was going to order CBP agents to engage in one of the largest human smuggling operations we've seen in the history of this planet, and that the CBP agents would smile and say, (laughs) okay, these people are evil. It's the banality of evil, the commonplace of actions where these people don't care what they do because 
As we have learned, it appears that your average man would engage in any evil action asked of them so long as it protects their family and their children. That's the reality. The root of corruption, I've long thought about this, is the desire to protect yourself, your friends, and your family, to better them by any means necessary. The sacrificing of the community and the greater good for the personal. And it sounds sometimes noble. That a father would sacrifice for his children is a noble thing. But what about sacrificing his soul? It's a legitimate question I have for you. If the devil came before you and said, if you want your child to eat, you will serve me. Would you say yes or no? I think most men would say yes. They would absolutely serve the devil himself if it meant their children got to eat food. Dark days indeed. Because I couldn't imagine being in such a place. I don't have kids. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm working on the family stuff. It's a private, none of your business. So I, I often say. But this is the challenge that good men are faced with right now. You need to feed your children. And you would sacrifice everything. Here's a question for you. I have asked many people, why don't you stand up? in the workplace and say, I support Trump and all these things. I'll get fired. I've got to feed my family, man. Well, such a light touch, to be honest. I get it. What's the point of just blurting out for no reason you're a Trump supporter if it means you're going to lose your job? Okay. What if they came to you and said, we want you to break the law? Rob this bank to feed your kids. Would you do it? I think many people would say, no, I'm not going to rob a bank. Interesting. But these CBP agents are willing to facilitate human smuggling operations. How do they justify that? There's no threat. I imagine that any one of these men, if they were told, sir, wearing this badge, you can legally or under the color of law, walk in to that bank, take the money from the people. They can't do anything about it. And then I want you to take that money. I want you to get your kid a good meal. A nice pair of slacks. If there was no risk and no threat and they were told it was legal, trust me, they'd do it. That's what scares me. It scares me. The deal with the devil, figurative or literal, was never going to be to get your kid a Ferrari. It was going to give your kid food. Something you'd sell your soul to do. Hmm. It's worse than that. It's not just about feeding your kids. It's about actively destroying the fabric of your nation, gutting your community, and letting others die instead. I'm reminded of that woman in San Francisco. She was shot and killed by a criminal alien. And it was a big deal. Conservatives were, were furious over it. How about the fentanyl being smuggled across the border by cartels? These CBP agents looked down at their child they look at their wife and they say that they would gladly allow each and every one of you to be murdered and killed so long as their family was okay. I don't have any moral answers. I'm not a priest. I can't tell you what to do. I can only tell you this. Mathematically, so long as men are willing to engage in criminal actions, facilitate crimes that result in the death of the innocent, we will live in an evil nation. 
I don't have any good answers for you, my friends. I can only tell you that we stand on the edge. Eagle Pass may be our Fort Sumter 2.0. The federal government asserting authority and trying to come in. The state saying, back the F off. We will not back down. If they back down, the tensions remain, but they remain and it will be stable. If the feds try to move in by force, Texas could back down and this country will evaporate. Arizona, New Mexico, they're facing a similar border crisis. It's only Texas defending itself. I suppose we can only sit back and wait and see. But unfortunately for us, we are a nation of weak men, men who care more for their personal benefit than for the betterment of their nation. Perhaps it's because it's a broken window style situation. These individuals at CBP look at the United States as an abandoned warehouse of all and all the windows are shattered out. They see kids throwing rocks, breaking windows, and they say, who cares? The window's already broken. That was the idea of broken windows policing. If there is a building with a broken window and it's been sitting there, no one really cares when someone throws another rock and breaks a window. The idea is that if you're standing in a mall and there's trash all over the ground, people are going to look at it and shrug and throw their trash in the ground. It's normal. But if there's not a single piece of trash, Someone holding their garbage will look around and they'll try and find a garbage can. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com slash Carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. I wonder if what's happened is this country is so eroded that these CBP agents are looking at an abandoned building and they're thinking to themselves, ain't nobody else going to fix these windows. Why should I care if another window gets broken? Perhaps that's really it. The reason these agents are engaged in criminal smuggling operations is because they think the United States is already gone. So who cares? Oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, it's primary day. Nikki Haley already won. The, uh, she won six votes from the first in the nation primary uh, district, whatever. This this SCOTUS stuff's crazy. We're standing on a powder keg, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Everything is out the window. All our predictions. I got no idea what's going on. It is a wild election year. It has only just begun. We're about to complete the first month of 2024, giving us 11 more. The election is uh, very, very close. I mean, less than a year away. Now, who's going to be the Democrat nominee? Joe Biden? Perhaps. Maybe not. Could it be Michelle Obama? Some speculation now that Michelle Obama may already be working her way 
to a 2024 White House bid. Last night, Roger Stone speculated on Timcast IRL, and he has speculated well before this. I'm just making that make sure that's clear. But he mentioned on our show, he sees a possibility Michelle Obama enters the race, and I agree. And we're talking about how this could be. So let's speculate a little bit on how Democrats could pull this off. But my friends, there is another potential Democrat nominee that people have not mentioned in the Democrat primary because she's running as a Republican, Nikki Haley. Now, there's been a lot of speculation, but things are changing so rapidly. It's hard to know exactly what's going to happen. Before Vivek Ramaswamy's town hall, I was thinking Gavin Newsom could be the guy. Joe Biden suffers a medical issue. Kamala Harris says, I will be acting president for the time being, but I will not run for an election because I have a duty to this country and it would be too it would be impossible to run a campaign like this. Thus, Gavin, that's how you get Kamala Harris out of the way. Vivek Ramaswamy said he believed that Nikki Haley is the establishment candidate. Now, that's a smart play. Why bother with a Democrat primary or general election at all? Defeat Donald Trump with Nikki Hillary in the GOP primary. And oh boy, then it doesn't matter if it's Joe Biden versus the Republican because the Republican will be your shill. Right now in New Hampshire, the primary is underway and Nikki Haley secured the first in the nation primary vote. That's right. Dixville, what is it? Nick Dixville Notch. I think that's what it's called. Is that the uh, the name? Dixville Notch. And the funny thing is, Dixville did us all a good solid in proving the point that Democrats are voting for Nikki Haley. Dixville Notch in 2020, they only got a handful of people there, but they all voted for Joe Biden. In the, uh, how do they break this down? In the primary, they voted for, uh, we had a Michael Bloomberg write-in, really. In the Demo- so you had a Democrat primary and a Republican primary. In the Democratic primary, Dixville Notch, Michael Bloomberg, two write-ins for Democrat, one for Bernie, one for Buttigieg, and then an independent, uh, and then a Republican primary write-in for some reason for Michael Bloomberg. When it came to the general, all of the people of Dixville Notch voted for Joe Biden. This time around, you have six people voting for Nikki Haley. Huh. And that's what everyone's been saying. It is Democrats voting for Haley in the Republican primary. Now, I don't see Nikki Haley winning. I really don't. But we could be surprised. And the reason is right now in the polls, they're all asking Republicans who you're going to vote for. And Republicans are saying Donald Trump. So it looks very favorable for Donald Trump. The only problem, Democrats crossing over, not being polled and voting for Nikki Haley. You have to ask yourself why it is third place Iowa stays in the race. Ron DeSantis figures it out and bows out. Nikki Haley, of course, remains in. So do not be shocked, my friends, if Nikki Haley ends up scoring some points down the line. Don't know that she wins in New Hampshire. Maybe, probably not. Maybe she goes South Carolina. Maybe she wins. Maybe she doesn't. But let's talk about the news of this morning. Well, last night, technically. Michelle Obama may already be working on a 2024 White House bid from Cindy Adams, New York Post. Obama's wife is scratching to maybe be our next president. Her husband's helping pay attention. In this sicko political environment, semi-VIPs itch to get you to write what they want. Then for, your, for their own political purpose, they tell you they doubt what you wrote. 
These professional doubters have political motives. However, some info now comes from, I'm told, credible sources few have access to and usually not meant for the noses of the media. Whatever that means, what's told is Hillary and husband toxic. Nikki, the old guard will pee on her. Okay, excellent writing, I'm sure. And sore loser laws prohibit candidates from running in another party after they lose in their own party. Reportedly, and I'm being told, Obama has polled donors. His plan? Around May, Biden announces he's not running, even mentally. The so-called plot is that come the August convention, Michelle gets nominated. Next step, Hunter's father drops out just before that convention. For now, he still play acts like he's a real candidate, announcing today our Dodo in chief would have to stop quacking and become a lame duck. Their plan is currently being tweaked. Understand it's that squalid squad that is responsible for much of the scripts in Congress, blah, 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 blah. Get to the point, lady. D.C. is now so screwed up that it bodes badly for the country. Fears and thoughts of the dysfunction are not unwarranted. Voters have massive blame on both sides. A jumbled Congress, blah, blah, blah. Moderates can't override anything. The U.S. needs a centrist, strong, tough leader of the independent voter mass that comprises the majority. Mrs. Obama's team has already sent a survey to heavy duty donors asking how they'd feel about her as a candidate. The process has begun. Thank you. That is the big news that the Obamas are actually making this play. Wow. A VIP doctor in charge of a major hospital called me to say, you must do something. The system is broken. There exists also the new group, No Labels. The assumption is they name some appealing candidates after March 15th, whom they are now quietly vetting. Mid-February, we should hear murmurs. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, we get it. Michelle Obama. That could be the play. Seriously. We have this clip from Mediate. Fox and Friends host Will Kane shuts down talk that Michelle Obama will replace Obama will replace Biden on Dem ticket. It could be Michelle Obama. In this clip from Fox and Friends, Will Kane says Nikki Haley. Maybe, maybe not. I think the reality may be that they're all making their play for the seat of power. But if Obama really is running things behind the scenes, Michelle Obama makes a lot of sense. I'd like to present to you some speculative, predictive politics. All right. So we've got Super Tuesday coming up, March 5th. But of course, that's not going to matter because Nikki Haley's not going to be able to muster the votes. Maybe I could be totally wrong about this. And Democrats really do pull, pull through for her and she wins massively in New Hampshire. OK, we'll see. Democrats have the whole other weird thing going on. But let's say come around this time, Joe Biden, we know he can't win. I mean, some polls say he can, but he can't win. Come on. Nobody likes Joe Biden. They need to get rid of him. Now, I've entertained the possibility of a medical issue where Gavin Newsom steps in. I think that's still way more plausible than Michelle Obama. And I'll tell you why. Well, last night we were talking about the issue. What do you do with Kamala Harris if you try to replace Joe Biden? She's next in line. It would be shockingly offensive if they just removed her and act like she acted like she wasn't there. Kamala Harris can't suffer a medical issue, right? Unless, I don't know, something more serious and insane happens, but I don't don't see that being realistic. Joe Biden suffers a medical issue and says, I will carry out my duties for the final term, but I think it's time to pass the torch. We stopped Donald Trump from winning re-election. That's all that mattered. Then what? Kamala Harris should run, right? She would be next in line. 
Yeah, she can't win. So then there's theories about Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom. The only problem with the Michelle Obama theory is that Kamala Harris and Michelle are both women of color, as the left likes to say, in which case it would still be shockingly offensive to just ignore Kamala Harris. Now, I, I made the, uh, uh, the, the offer last night with Roger Stone. I said, what if Joe Biden suffers a serious medical issue and then collapses? Gavin Newsom runs out, throws his coat off, rolls up his sleeves, chest compressions on the president saving his life. Kamala Harris then says, as I mentioned earlier, I can't run for an election. I'm just here to serve my nation. I will act. I will serve as acting president and then I will bow out. If it's Michelle Obama and not Gavin Newsom, the issue then, you know, as Roger was pointing out, no, you wouldn't want to do that. And I said, well, look, this makes Kamala Harris the first female president. She would take that in two seconds. How do you get rid of Kamala Harris? You don't need to offer a Supreme Court seat. The speculation from Roger and from others is that behind the scenes, they'll say, we're going to give you a Supreme Court seat the moment it comes up. You should leave now. Sure, that gets past the paperwork of Kamala Harris, but not the public perception. The public's going to be like, whoa, what's going on? I don't think anyone really like this argument's very strange to me. Kamala Harris, deep state, right? If the deep state came to her and said, you're not going to be president, she'd go, "Okay, that's it. There's no I don't see her being like, I resist. No, but behind the scenes, they'll make her a good offer. But publicly, what can they say? If Kamala Harris is the first female president and female president, uh, you know, uh, president female of color or whatever. Michelle Obama does not get that. So if it is going to be Michelle Obama on the Democrat ticket, Kamala Harris cannot be acting president first. How do they pull this off? (laughs) I think there may just be a much simpler solution, ladies and gentlemen. The Democratic Party is in complete disarray. There's no plan. They're screwed. Joe Biden is the best they have. They can't replace him. And Donald Trump is going to win. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't see where else this goes. Now, you know, people want to speculate Nikki Haley is going to win. I don't know about that, man. Do I? I wonder if I have this tweet. Take a look at this one from Tenet Media. Follow uh, Tenet on uh, Accent on YouTube. Nikki Haley Town Hall descends into Laugh Factory. Have you guys seen this clip? It's going viral. Can I play? I'm going to play this for you. Here you go. Let's play it. But you know what? We've got a lot on the line here. We really do. And you look at what's happening in this election. Yes. (laughs) Are you going to vote for me? (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) Okay. But you know it was we- easier for those that are watching. What happens is at a Nikki Haley rally, a guy says, Nikki, and she goes, yes. And he goes, will you marry me? And they all laugh. She goes, are you going to vote for me? And he says, I'm voting for Trump. <laughs> I, I got to be honest. Who, what guy wants to marry Nikki Haley? I'm pretty sure she's already married with kids anyway, but wouldn't vote for her. That's funny. The Republican Party, ladies and gentlemen, I'll marry her. But uh, it's like you can do one of those things like vote, marry, kill Nikki Haley. I would vote. I would marry her, but I wouldn't vote for her. No, I, I would certainly would not. But that's a funny point. I don't I don't know what their plan is. I, I honestly I have no idea how they pull this off. We have we have run so many uh, theories and maybe we just need to stop and say, guys, maybe there is no plan. 
Maybe the reason it's changing rapidly is because they are failing. Now, my, my, my friends, I must tell you, do not rest on your laurels and don't get too excited. I'm seeing these tweets from people and they're like, hey, man, the enthusiasm is too high. Maybe not the, the, the optimism. You all need to be cautiously optimistic. Look, as much as I want to believe that the Democrats are just in free fall, I think the reality is they got a plan. I just can't quite figure out what the play is because nothing they're doing is making sense. Perhaps. Perhaps Nikki Haley? I think the reason why no one is sure if it's Newsom, Obama, Michelle, or Haley is that none of the plans are making any sense or, or, or amounting to anything. It may actually be the Democrats have multiple plans, but none of them are working. Gavin Newsom debated Ron DeSantis for some reason, and now Ron DeSantis has dropped out. What was the point of that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just the system in freefall. But let's entertain a little bit about this, okay? So Michelle Obama is a strong maybe. The argument from Roger Stone is that Biden says, medical issue, I can't run. They offer Kamala Harris some position, and then Michelle Obama decides to run. But you cannot publicly come out. This is why this theory doesn't make sense. The Democrats can't publicly come out and say, you know, uh, Joe Biden's unable to run. So we've asked Kamala Harris to step down so Michelle can run. Because the public is going to be like, huh? Why? Maybe, however, Kamala is so despised, nobody would care. They'd just be like, bye-bye, lady. That's a possibility. I think there has to be some kind of public move as to how Kamala Harris can bow out gracefully. Short of that, I don't see it happening. Unless they really do publicly say, we want Kamala to serve on the Supreme Court, the next available vacancy. And so we, we don't want her to run for office. We want her to wait because that's where she truly belongs in the Supreme Court, where we can win. Kamala might even say something like, our Supreme Court makeup is far right. And my concern is, if I end up running for office and winning, who is going to be available for the nomination should a vacancy open up? That is why I think Michelle Obama, that's a possibility, but such a crazy story. Hmm. In the meantime, we have this. First results in New Hampshire Republican primary, Nikki Haley wins six votes in the tiny Dixville notch as the rest of the state will vote later. And as I already showed you, these are people who voted Democrat voting in a Republican primary. Fascinating. All right. The Washington Post reports New Hampshire's independence could drive Republican primary outcome. What a corrupt and broken system. Here's how it's supposed to work, my friends. You're a member of a political party. Y'all get to decide through a primary and caucus process, the nomination process, who is going to be your nominee. Instead, what we have is leftists trying to sabotage Trump voting for Nikki Haley. And you know, you know, what the thing is, these Democrats who are voting Haley in the primary will not vote Haley in the general. It is a burn it all down in corruption strategy. It's dark days, man, isn't it? You're going to get a bunch of Democrats. They're going to come out, destroy Trump's chances. And you know why they're voting for Nikki Haley? It's not because they think she's good. It's because they think she can't win. And that's the reality. Nikki Haley is getting donors that are Democrats, voters that are Democrats. They're voting for her in New Hampshire. This could benefit her greatly. And then if she wins the nomination somehow, 
all of those same people go and vote Democrat and you get four more years of Joe Biden. So, my friends, I call upon all the young people. Talked about this yesterday. These micro apartments and all these problems young people are facing. They can't get jobs. They can't find jobs. Their degrees are worthless. If you vote Democrat, you vote to make your problems worse. And I will be I'll be very clear with all of you. You deserve it. And I will experience great schadenfreude if the youth vote turns out for Democrats and then whinges at the state of the economy and laments the fall of civilization because you voted for it. Now, don't get me wrong. Schadenfreude will be there, but I'm not going to be excited about what that ultimately means in the end for the rest of us. I don't want my country burning to the ground. I want y'all young people to vote for Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not a perfect man. He's a deeply flawed man in many ways, but he's a good guy. He is. Has he made mistakes? Sure. I just find it so laughable when these libertarians are like, I won't vote for Donald Trump because of COVID lockdowns. And I'm like, dude, everybody on the right in the beginning were saying wear masks. And then Fauci came out and said, wear masks. And, everyone, and then all everyone on the right was like, no, nah, don't wear masks. And I'm like, what is, what are you, what's going on with this? It's just, I don't know, dude, look. Nobody knew exactly what was going on when this first started. Everybody's trying to claim 2020 hindsight. Oh, I knew exactly. And I was saying it. And some, sure. You know, you threw a dart at a dartboard, you hit the right spot. It happens. I certainly got a lot wrong. I just was like, here's the news. Donald Trump made mistakes. Ron DeSantis made mistakes. Sure. There's a big difference between that and what, say, like Newsom, Governor Wolf, Whitmer, Cuomo did when they murdered people. Yeah. Putting COVID patients into nursing homes and then killing the elderly. You can't compare Trump to any of that. You can say Trump made big mistakes and he was bumbling around. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, people bumble. People make mistakes, pencils up erasers. He made some big ones, but mostly did great. No new wars. Timeline for withdrawing Afghanistan, getting our troops out of Syria, despite the fact that he was lied to and they kept the troops in. Working to secure our border, despite the, the, the crisis at the southern border. And he did a great job. So what more could you ask for? A net positive president for the first time in my life, and it is surprising. The problem I see here with all of this, courts. Arizona. Carrie Lake, you can say she won, whatever, I don't know, but we can certainly say there was no election. Arizona did not have an election. And of course, Democrats will laugh and snortle and chortle. Yes, they did. Dude, shut up. Several hundred voting machines break on election day, and you're like, this is totally fine. No, you do the election over. I mean, it's just an absurdity. You want to claim to defend democracy and have free and fair elections? If hundreds of machines are broken, you do it over. Instead, they're like, no, it's fine. The courts. Judges saying, I would rather side with evil than put my family at risk. And this is where we are. Same thing with CBP you know, on the border. None of these individual agents actually want to do the right thing. They want to do the easy thing. I hope they go to prison. I hope. I want to see them behind bars. You know, if someone came to me and said, Tim, what would you buy for a billion dollars? I'd say, unfortunately, there's nothing that money could buy me that I want. You know, maybe some Magic the Gathering cards, maybe a new painting. Uh, I don't know. I don't really care about any of that stuff. If there was a genie and he said, I will grant you a wish. I'd say I'd like to see the CBP agents who are committing crimes arrested for those crimes. 
I just want accountability. That's what I, that, that, that's the, I wish for it on the spot. Have someone just arrest these guys. Donald Trump did a great job. He tried to build a wall. He put up secure bollard fencing. He was attacked every step of the way. The corrupt DOJ has gone after him under Merrick Garland. I believe it is an overt, seditious conspiracy against this country, what the Biden administration is engaged in, facilitating human smuggling at the border, trying to arrest and remove the chief political opponent, the front runner for the entirety of the presidential race. Trump's winning, not just in the primary. He's winning the polls for the general. I want to see these people who are facilitating this put in jail. They're committing crimes. In the meantime, the one thing that matters is Trump gets the votes. I don't know what their plan is going to be, but I think they have to have one, right? Otherwise, it's smooth sailing from here. But you better remain cautious and do everything you can to get your friends registered to vote and get them to vote and to vote for Donald Trump. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Yes. I'll just say yes to this image. It says Gen Z is gay. Okay. If that's what you want. <laughs> I wonder how many Gen Z people watching this are like, no! No, we aren't! All right, welcome to, um, I don't know, what is it, 4 p.m.? We have this story from the Daily Mail, which is uh, factually incorrect, and I can prove it. This article says that Gen Z is the gayest generation we've seen so far, and that is actually true. But it goes on to say that Christianity is on the decline. It's actually not true because there's disputed sources. What we're actually seeing with these competing political sources is that hyperpolarization is taking over Gen Z and will only get worse with the coming generations. That being said, one counter to that argument is that Gen Z leftists don't have kids because they're gay. They're less likely to have kids. They're more likely to abort. And thus, the rise in Christianity may actually persist. And my prediction is that the future of this country will be a Christian conservative nation because they have kids. Now I know. Many people make the argument, they say, no, Tim, you're wrong because the left indoctrinates. Indoctrination works only to a certain degree. That is, the amount of children raised by their parents who can be indoctrinated against their, their parents' views is lower than the total production of children produced by these parents. So let me put it this way. If you have 10 children, only maybe two or three can be indoctrinated, but conservatives are winning the majority of this through teaching their own kids and instilling their values and, and basically controlling what their kids can see and, and, and think and hear as they should to a certain degree. As the kids get older, you give more, you give the kids uh, more freedom and things like this. But here's the story from the Daily Mail. The 41 million Gen Z voters who will decide the 2024 election are by far the most LGBTQ cohort to date. And they're ditching Christianity, conservatism in the GOP survey. Fully 28% of Gen Zers are LGBTQ compared to 4% of boomers. Quote, it's over for white Christian male hegemony in the U.S., says trans academic. I encourage them to continue to believe this and to live in that reality because they will lose. From Christianity Today in a story from last year, where boomer faith in God is low, Gen Z belief is up. 
Now, the reason why I said I could disprove that article is because conflicting sources exist. You can Google it all across the board and they'll say Christianity is up, it's down, and they will choose the metrics they so desire to make that claim. And while it may be true that among most groups, Christianity is down among Gen Z, it's up. Donald Trump has now three, I believe, three different polls showing he is winning the youth vote. It's so serious that Democrats, according to Vox, are panicking. Typically, I reserve the Democrats panic articles to, uh, you know, anti-woke and and anti-Democrat YouTube channels. Democrats panic over this. But Vox, a liberal publication, is saying they're panicking over youth voters going to the Republican Party. But how can this be? Well, you need to understand that if you are LGBTQ, there is no guarantee that you're a leftist. There's a strong probability. I'd say the overwhelming majority of LGBTQ people are going to lean left. But you still have some. You have many uh, uh, gay people, for instance, who are voting for Donald Trump. So that doesn't really mean much these days. They're going to say a public religion research institute survey shows that Gen Zers who were born between 97 and 2012 are the most racially, ethnically and sexually diverse and progressive generation to date. Alejandra Caraballo, a Harvard academic and male to female trans influencer, So the survey showed that it's over for white Christian male hegemony in the United States. I do not believe that is correct. I believe it is actually quite incorrect. But of course, people who are biased want to claim they're winning. They're desperate to assert that they, in fact, are the right side of history. But I think when you take a look at the holistic picture, it's just propaganda. Time for an egalitarian and equitable society she posted on threads. Well, unfortunately, egalitarian and equitable are, uh, that's an oxymoronic statement. Egalitarian is more so the equal treatment of people. Equitable means the forced leveling of the playing field, which would be detriment to people based on, you know, their natural merit or things like that. Equity is a bad thing. I suppose equity in your house is a good thing. Social equity is a manipulation where they say, we got to cut off the tall grass. Understand this about forced equity. Equality is I have a job. Anyone may apply. Equity is because there are too many people who look like you, you can't apply for my job. I'll give you a better example. In the leftist world, most of you probably know this. You have a a, a college and the college says, you know what? We've realized too many Asians are coming to the school. Okay. my response is I want you to look into the eyes of that seven-year-old impoverished Asian child on the south side of Chicago and say, you don't get to go to Harvard because you look too much like they do. Who cares? Who cares how a person looks? That's the world they live in. Equity would be because you look like them, you are not allowed to come to this school. What a horrifying, nightmarish thing. But equity can can only be enforced in one direction. You cannot make someone who is stupid, smart, but you can bludgeon someone who is smart until they're stupid. You you get it? Typically, what happens with equity systems is that in order for there to be equity, you have to lower everyone else to a forced standard because the people who are the short grass can't be pulled up to the tall grass. Someone who is five feet tall can't compete with someone who's seven feet tall in basketball based on our, our, our current rules. Now they can be competitive in certain ways. For sure, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying like the advantage is with those who are tall. Well, you can't make the short person tall. 
but you can force the person who is too tall to play on their knees. Forced equity. Oh, it's not fair. Now, now they can't move as freely. It's like, well, you know, it's like the, was it Harrison Bergeron? Was that the name of the story? Here's what they say. PRRI survey of more than 6,000 respondents confirms the left-leaning values of Gen Z found by other researchers and sheds new light on their gender and sexual identities and religious habits. It may be true. I think it's fair to say they are the most progressive. But here's what they're not telling you. If they find that 30% of Gen Z is gay, uh, LGBT or whatever, and only 4% of boomers, they can say it's the most gay generation. But what they're omitting is that it's actually a bifurcation. It is not that every single Gen Z person is like, I have this thing. It's that there is a faction emerging, a hyperpolarization. Christianity Today has this. In a recent Ipsos Global Advisor survey of 20,000 adults across 26 countries, they found in nine countries where less than one third of adults believe in God, Gen Z was more likely to hold these convictions than boomers. In Northern and Western Europe, Gen Z was more likely than the boomer generation to say they believe in heaven, supernatural spirits, hell, and the devil. In places like South Africa and India, however, boomers were more likely than Gen Z members to believe in these aspects of the spiritual realm. The point being, we are seeing in many areas an increase in Christianity, and we are seeing a decrease. How could that be possible? Hyperpolarization. The far left is dropping these values, and they are circling the wagon around their cult. And younger people are realizing the failures of the boomer generation, and they're changing their views. I am not saying the boomers failed as a generation. I am saying they had failures. Every generation does. Gen Z, younger Gen Z people, saw what boomers did right and saw what they they did wrong, and they said, we should correct for the wrong things. Now, of course, on the left, it's a cult. Uh, that's it. Have a nice day. Sorry, uh, I'm not interested. People get mad at me and they're like, Tim, when you say it's a cult, how are you actually going to? Dude, look, man, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. But let me, let me tell you. Ben Shapiro debated destiny. Uh, the Daily Wire just tweeted this out. Ben Shapiro defines wokeness and he's like, we have to define it because a lot of people are accused of not defining it properly. And Ben is wrong in his definition of wokeness. My friends, you see, the problem with a lot of conservatives and politicos is that they live in this very esoteric realm. Ben Shapiro defines wokeness as a postmodernist rooted in postmodernism, but it has changed and evolved to incorporate racial issues and things like this. Ben Shapiro is incorrect. In a strict esoteric realm, a component of wokeness does include these things, but the average person does not say woke to mean postmodernist, critical race theory, gender theory, etc. Woke quite literally means adherence to the social orthodoxy of dominant institutions. That's it. Hence, woke people also are pro-war. Now the Ukraine flags are gone from their profiles. Woke people are for some reason pro-Palestine. How could it be that Palestine, pro-Palestine people, oh, they're an oppressed people and they're also LGBTQ, but in Palestine, it's 10 years in prison if you're gay? <clears throat> well, part of the postmodernist belief that Ben does uh, nail, he gets this correct, is this view that power structures define everything. And I'm paraphrasing, but basically that if you are in power, you're likely the bad guy. That does not explain Ukraine at all. It doesn't explain why many of the same woke people were cheering for Ukraine. It doesn't explain why Hassan Piker was pro-Ukraine intervention. Why? 
Now, you can make the argument that Russia is the dominant force and they invaded, but that doesn't really apply because no one really knew what was going on in Ukraine. They blindly waved the flag with having no understanding at all of it. It also doesn't explain why definitions and words change all the time. It's because the reality is, if the, social, if, if the dominant institutions say jump, woke says how high. And thus, it changes quite a bit. Women with a Y is the correct term now, but then someone does Wimixin, women with an X. It just changes from day to day, seemingly for no reason, regardless of who's in power and who's not, whatever benefits the dominant structure. So woke really is a component of a, 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 a moralist dis, uh, dis, uh, institution in disarray. It is a group of people. I'll, I'll describe it like this. It is a flock of birds flying around randomly in the sky. They occupy a certain territory where there are a certain kind of trees, but they're moving around seemingly randomly just following each other. We have no idea what they're doing or where they're going or why they're doing it. That's wokeness. It is just a large group of people running in circles. You know what, you know what it reminds me of? There's this thing you can do with ants. So ants, when they walk, they leave pheromone trails guiding other ants. Actually, let me let me let me pull this up. The ant circle of death. So you can get an actual visual of it for those that are watching. It's a it's a it's an an ant mill, they call it. The endless circle of death known as the ant mill. Uh, I I call I, I called it. I always called it a death circle, but I guess they call it an ant mill. Take a look at this for those that are watching. And for those that aren't, I will just uh, have to explain it to you in this. You see an army of ants all running in a circle. And that's that's a deadly game of follow the leader. This is wokeness right here. This is wokeness. In uh, incarnate. It's one way to explain it. What we're, what's happening is when the ants leave a pheromone trail, they and they loop around creating a circle. They follow that trail forever. They don't realize that they're running in circles. It's too big of a space. And then they just die. They eventually run out of energy and die. That's wokeness. They're all just following each other, following each other. It makes no sense. Now, of course, there are new ants being injected into the mold, and they will go along with it. New ideas can be injected into the social orthodoxy. That's true. And that's how it's seemingly amorphous and nonsensical. That's why it does incorporate largely postmodernist ideas. But it starts with feminism. It starts with, we want to make video games that are diverse. They create fake outrage for the sake of outrage. They then get mad about the, their own outrage. They are whipping themselves up into a circle of death, chasing down their own nonsense, garbled insanity. This is what wokeness is to the society. I've long described it as this. It's a whirlpool that sucks people in and spins faster and faster. There are people who exist outside of it, curious as to what is going on. It's kind of a wild phenomenon to watch. An ant mill or an ant death spiral. Mother Nature Network says they're blind. They use pheromones to follow the trails. They follow each other and eventually they die. So people actually, some people do this. You trick the ants into running in circles and then it creates the death spiral. And I don't know how effective it is in getting rid of ants, but they will just die. There's no progress. So when these people are saying that, you know, they're the future and whatever, I'm sorry. No, you're you're in a death mill. That's what you are. Christian conservative Gen Zers are going to have kids. Those kids are going to grow up and have kids. They're going to praise family members. They're going to honor thy father and thy mother and all of these things. 
I'm not saying you should be Christian or you have to be Christian. I'm saying Christians will reproduce. And on the left, they're not going to do these things. They're going to ro- they're going to run themselves in these circles until they cease to exist. Man. It does look like in this video, however, the ants do break out. But I think it's an important thing to point out about what wokeness is. And I think this image really does exemplify it. The death circle. It can trap them on a path towards their doom. When these ants run in the circle, they have no opportunity to mate and reproduce, and they will just die off. That, that, that's what I think is going to happen with the woke left. People on the right aren't stupid enough to fall into these circles of death, though they may have beliefs that are wrong or opinions that are stupid. Many of them do. Saw a commercial the other day on Fox News for your child's guide to Donald Trump. And it was just like the oh, so cringiest thing. It was a commercial. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. I imagine the people who are like running that company, like watch perhaps or something. But it was just like the left lies about Donald Trump. So order your free guide to Donald Trump today. And it was like, learn facts about Donald Trump. And I'm like, guys, please. (laughs) It's too much. I get it. I get it. But come on. I don't think, however, a child that reads the guide to Donald Trump will be trapped in a death spiral the same way woke people will. Woke people are going to sterilize themselves, more likely to, abort their kids, more likely to, and advocate for more policies where they do. What can that become? Now, you argue they'll indoctrinate your kids. Sure, some of your kids are going to get sucked into the death circle. Protect them. Tell them to stay away. But I got to tell you, there's no future for the people who who enforce and live in this ideology where they sterilize themselves and don't have kids. Surrogacy is becoming a big thing. And I understand why the right's so opposed to it. The left is trying to find ways to procreate. And there are women who are, who are engaged in it. But you know what? I think in the end, it's fairly obvious what we get and what we see. The future is going to be Christian conservative. The idea that the white male hegemony or whatever hegemony is over is just wrong. Because, well, you don't have kids. That's really it. So by all means, do what you want to do. Do what you got to do. I just think it's the important thing to, to, to learn about how you win this one. Building cultural institutions. That's how you defy wokeness, parallel economy. And as Mike Cernovich pointed out a while ago, have a family, make money. That's how you win. People often ask, like, how do you be successful? What do you got to do to be rich and successful? It's not complicated. It really isn't. Keep working on something. I met uh, I, I met the band Death Cab for Cutie when I was, um, how old was I, like 20, 21? And they were my favorite band at the time. And so I was at this event in uh, uh, Chicago. This uh, nonprofit group told me that if I registered people to vote, I'd get, you know, access to the event. I didn't realize I got all access. That was kind of wild. But they really wanted to people, get people to register to vote. And it was a powerful thing they did. And so I did. I went around asking people to register to vote. And they did. And uh, I went backstage. I met the band. And I, I got to talk to uh, Chris Walla, who was a really awesome dude. And I asked him, how do you succeed in music? How do you make it? And he says, just keep playing music. And I'm like, man, really? But that's the truth. It sounds so simple and wrong. But the reality was he said, you know, look, you, you play in a band. You play shows. People eventually recognize you from being at these shows and small ones, too. Like you, you, there's a show coming up. So at, well, like we'd like to open 12 people are going to be in the audience. 
but you just keep doing it. Eventually, people recognize your songs. They attach themselves to songs that are good. They share the songs with their friends. More and more people start showing up to your shows. And then he said, eventually, you're the only one left. Everyone else was playing shows has quit. And so when there's a show coming up, like, oh, yeah, Death Cab, I remember. I know I've seen those guys before. Let's go see them. And then you're the one playing the show with the bigger audience because you've been around longer than everybody else. It's really that simple. And I'm like, wow, how did I get started doing all of this? People come into the studio and they're like, how is it so big? How did you do so much? And I'm like, one brick at a time. You know, I had a GoPro 4. I put on top of my monitor. I'd press record, talk for 10 minutes, and then just put it up and edit it a little bit. And I put a video up and I would get like 10 to 20,000 views. And I was like, wow, paid the bills. And I just kept doing it every single day. Now, here I am. It's kind of wild. I don't even understand. Just one day at a time. That's how we succeed. The simplest thing here is find something you like doing and just keep doing it. Now, the challenge, of course, is people say, I can't afford it. I don't have the money. I'm like, yeah. When I started making YouTube videos, I was just losing money. I got a job working for a big network. Luke Rutkowski said, Not, don't do it. And I was like, yeah, but if I do this for a year or two, I'll make a bunch of money. I'll have savings. I can do whatever I want. Saved up a lot. The first job I saved up, you know, like in the tens of thousands, moved to the next job that paid me way more, saved up, a, saved up a couple hundred thousand. And I know, I know a lot of people are like, wow, I can't do that. You made so much money, Tim. I'm like, of course. But when I went to Occupy Wall Street, let's stop. When I went to Occupy Wall Street, I had nothing. I had nothing. I had a smartphone. I had worked a job where I was able to buy a smartphone. I filmed. From there, I made a little bit of money. From there, I got some job opportunities. From there, I saved up. From there, I got a bigger opportunity. I saved up. It really was just one brick at a time. You can do it too. And we will. We're going to succeed. Let those who want to march in their death spiral march in their death spiral. It's sad, isn't it? That this is what's going to happen to them. So we try to save them as best we can. But the reality is we succeed when we just build. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. There is not a single person who will be able to convince me that this woman in the gym is unaware of what she is doing. This is a guy behind her who's trying to take her space as she's filming in a gym. And come on, man. These are these are fitness influencers, they claim. And they go to the gym just to provide instruction on proper exercise routines. In this video, this woman is trying to give a, a basic instruction to her viewers, just an honest fitness workout routine in a public place. And this guy over here behind her drops a weight behind her next to her. And then she's like, I can't believe that just effing happened. What's going on? Here we go again. Dude, I, I I'm... We get a lot of people here on Timcast IRL, a lot of women mostly who come in and say, repeal the 19th Amendment. Haha, <laughs> what a funny joke. Or is it? Man, that's the crazy thing. There are a lot of women who are advocating for women not having the right to vote. And it's because of things like this. Seriously, it is because of things like this. I mean, it's, it's, it's also like, you know, Amy Coney Barrett, you know, ruling in favor of open borders, basically. But uh, in, this, in this instance, with this video... This exemplifies the frustration people have with women pretending to be victims, causing problems, and then demanding sympathy. I do not believe that these instances are exemplifications of why the 19th Amendment should be repealed. Not that I'm, in, I'm not in favor of that. But the issue here is you have a trend, and it is not just workout stuff. It's everything. But it is women 
who know full well they are making titillating content for social media users. This is the intent. And they drum up controversy to get attention by doing things like this. For all, you know, I got to be honest, though, I wouldn't be surprised if this video is absolutely fake because it's just I, I, I don't believe it at this point that a woman would go to a gym, film herself bending over and thrusting and then being like, oh, why are people upset at me? Here's the video. Let's play the uh, I'll play the video for you and you can see exactly how it goes down. The question is posted by Clown World. Who's in the wrong here? I'll tell you outright. This woman is in the wrong. Now, there's potential context here we don't know about. Does this gym allow filming? Is there a big sign saying influencers will be filming? You know, be warned if someone is filming, don't bother them. If that's the case, and there is a gym dedicated to filming TikTok videos or Instagram or whatever, and then a guy shows up and says, I don't like I'm being filmed. Well, then get out of here, dude. Don't come to this gym. The issue is typically these women set up their cameras, pissing people off, and then act like they're the victims when they're breaking the rules. Here's the video clip in question. Oh, let me get the, uh, you don't really, the audio doesn't really matter all that much to be honest. So, sorry, I'm. Sorry, you're what? What the fuck just happened there? Why did he put his weight behind me? I take your bar. I can't do that. This All right, so you're going to take your bar back, squeezing those lats, and that is how you do. Can you, I, I, are you kidding me with this? Like, dude, I, I don't, I do not believe this woman. I'm sorry, man. This is, this is the difference between men and women, I guess. You know, we have a, a couple of stories. This one's from Business Insider from November. Gyms have begun cracking down on people filming themselves exercising amid concerns about privacy and overcrowding. Dude, these women just make fake videos. That's what they do. Remember this one went viral. Tons of these videos go viral. There's a guy working out. He looks over at her. She's filming. And then she's like, ah, feral. Oh, dude. I just, it really grinds my gears, man. You know, it's funny. There's a double-edged sword here. This woman who is bending over in skin-tight clothing and be like, yeah, just just do it like this. That's how you exercise. Do it in your own home. Do it in your own home. Why are you going out in public and doing this? The only reason people would assume is because you're trying to generate controversy so that a guy does put weights down next to you and you go, oh, oh heavens me. Now here's a question. I don't know the full context. Who's right? Who's wrong? Comment below. Who is in the right in this one? That's the question proposed by Clown World. And I'm going to tell you outright, the woman is in the wrong. Gyms, are you, you go there to work out. If I went to a gym and people were filming, I'd be like, I'm not interested. Okay. I, I, I just want to exercise. I don't want to, you know, not interested. So like I said, if, if this, you know, Rega Street or whatever this gym is allows filming, okay, then well, then this guy should have known about it. But I'm willing to bet the more simple answer here is, they don't allow filming. She's doing it anyway. She's trying to generate controversy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, come on. She bends over wearing basically in her underwear. Dude, you know exactly what's going on with this. So this is what is funny about the double edged sword. Like we know that there are guys that just want to watch her videos because it's titillating and not because they're actually looking for any workout advice. There's probably women who do look at her 
and they want workout advice. That's true because she looks attractive and women see that and say, I want to be like that. Fair point. But they know a good portion of their views come from guys who want to see sexy women. So there was this uh, uh, 10 years ago. Uh, it's, it's, it, it is kind of sad in a certain element, but it is also just how humans are. There is this woman and she would play acoustic guitar songs and she was getting only a few thousand views. But if you look at her library, this is really funny because I see the thumbnail pop up again, like 10 years ago on YouTube and a million hits on this song. And I'm like, wow, she must be really good. And the music was okay. So I look at her channel and I do, I, I, this is part of like, you know, when I'm looking and analyzing channels, I say, show me the oldest videos first. And I could see her early videos weren't really getting that much. But then all of a sudden, one day, there's a video with like 20,000 and then boom, a million video, a million views. And then every video that has a million views. And I was like, wow, she must have hit her mark, huh? There was one key difference between the smaller viewed video and the bigger viewed video. What change could have occurred where all of a sudden she goes from like 5K views to a million and then from then on, all their videos are getting millions, millions. What change was it? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, she went from wearing T-shirts to wearing like, what, what do you call it? When the top is exposed, you could see her boobs pressed up on top of her guitar, cleavage facing the camera. And now she's getting a million hits. Wonderful. The early days of YouTube were basically this. Everybody tried to find ways to make their thumbnails sexy women. Aha, the funny thing is the thumbnail of this video is also a woman bending over wearing skin tight clothing. Ah, but I'm complaining about it. I do think it's fair to assume this video may get more views. I don't know. But this was the game. Women discovered, hey, sex sells, duh. So obviously guys are clicking on this stuff because that's what they want to see. But here's what I'm saying about the double-edged sword. I talked about this on Timcast IRL. They say that men... They only want one thing and it's disgusting. Remember that meme? And then I started thinking about it because I'm watching Instagram and I'm like, wow, women only want one thing. Huh. And I get it. Guys actually want a bunch of different things. And this is funny because the trope is that guys are just obsessed with sex and women aren't. And that's just not true. This is the woman's perspective. Women, I would say the trope should actually be are relationship focused and men are, op- well, women are subject oriented, men are object oriented. That means men like things, women like people. What does this turn into? When a guy makes a video, uh, 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 typically male hobby stuff is attractive to males in that if a guy posts a video of, you know, a skateboarding trick or a football match, guys will watch it for the feat, the accomplishment. When women post things. It's about people. So that's subject versus object oriented. And so I realized something. There's a meme about taking pictures on social media where a guy will buy a new car and then take a picture of the car and say, look at the car. A woman will take a picture of herself with the car behind her. It's interesting, isn't it? That's the meme. And then you start to realize that women care about people. Huh? So what what does that translate to? So, oh, dude, it is the cringiest thing ever. I'm watching a skate video and skateboarders probably know this one. And it's this video that's got, I don't know, millions of hits. And it's a female skateboarder filming a skateboard trick, pointing it at her face. And I'm just like, oh, man, take the phone away from her. But that's what women like. 
That's what women do. Okay, well, women are allowed to do it. Then I noticed something else. When I started to realize that women are, are sex obsessed and men actually are not. Now, men may not want to spend a lot of time with women and they get offended by it because the guy wants to bang the chick and the chick wants to do something else with him. And so they're like, men only care about sex. And they truly don't understand men. So I pull up a uh, uh, Instagram and I'm seeing comedy. There was one clip I saw on Twitter today, and it's a guy saying, I'm actually fine if China takes over. I'm just waiting for it. I mean, think about it. You can smoke. He he makes a bunch of jokes. He's like, you can smoke inside. My point with this is, he says, the Chinese take over, and then all of a sudden, you know, everything's just simpler. Sign me up. And it's, you know, whatever. He's making a joke about China. China, of all places. Pull up a female comedian. What do you get? Sex. Vagina. My vagina. Oh, I just don't even go near it. So because I follow comedians on Instagram, when I go to my Discover tab or whatever, which I love just swiping down, I get a lot of poker videos. I like watching poker, snowboarding, skateboarding, BMX, scooting, action sports. I watch a ton of that stuff. I love it. And I watch a guy and he doesn't trick. But I also follow comedians. And so I actually will get a decent amount of comedy stuff. You know, I follow Ryan Long and Danny Polishchuk. So I see their posts. Ha ha ha. And then I see a male comedian and I will hit it. And what are you going to get? Sometimes it's about dating, but typically not. It's about topical issues. You know, be talking politics, politics and things in the news. They'll be talking about just stuff that's going on. They can make jokes about like uh, like I mentioned, you know, oh, China, people are scared. China's going to take over. Right. That's an easy example. Every single time, every time. Like there's one or two times it didn't happen. You'll see a female comedian on Instagram and I'll be like, I know that if I tap that, she's going to immediately talk about having sex with someone. I thought it was fascinating. And I'm like, I don't believe that the Instagram algorithm differentiates on ideology or idea subject matter. Like obviously certain keywords, yes. But it's basically like this video is of a person standing up making a joke and there's laughter. This is the same thing. This is the same thing. And so it's basically showing me comedians because I do not seek out female comedians. I just followed Ryan Long and this is what you get because of it. But almost every single time. So, okay, maybe Instagram is just sending me the worst possible female comedians. But then I hear other guys saying the same thing. Amy Schumer, my underwear is disgusting. I have a vagina, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, I guess it's funny to women. I guess that's more power to you, I guess. But then it made me realize like women are sex obsessed uh, more than men. It's a trope. So going back to what's going on with these gyms, I see this stuff and I'm like, yeah, women are sex obsessed. The guy goes to the gym and he's like, I want to exercise. It makes me feel good. Now there's some chick bending over, shoving her ass into the air and I'm trying to exercise and she's filming it and she gets mad at me. Dude. Look, men and women are different. And if women like this stuff, Go ahead and do it. There's another video that went viral of a woman working at a gym. They put the camera on the ground. She gets up and she shakes her butt in front of the camera. And people are like, why is she doing this? And I'm like, because she's trying to attract men. Like, that's that's it. That's the game. Guys go to the gym because exercise feels good. They're driven to do it. There are goals they have in mind. Women go to the gym because they want guys. Like, not literally, but it's like, it's like 60-40, right? So what I mean by this is, of course, women want to improve their bodies and be healthy. I'm not saying all women do these things. But I think the tendency is women want to attract men. The tendency for men is they want to accomplish goals. 
Do men love women? Of course they do. Do they want to have families? Of course they do. But I think men skew towards accomplishment. Women skew towards relationship. And I think that's plainly obvious to anybody who knows anything about humans. This is the traditional gender roles. This is a guy wanting to go to work and work late hours. He does want to have a family. He cares about his family. He wants to provide for his family, but he cares about his work and his accomplishments. The woman wants to have a family. There's another viral video where this woman is like, I am dreading entering the workforce. I've been unemployed. I just want to rescue dogs and live on a farm. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, lady, can I introduce you to traditional gender roles? Be a wife. Let the man enter the workforce and collate TPS reports or whatever. And you can be at home taking care of the dogs, living on the farm and, and raising the kids. But then women get all offended. Oh, feminism. So therein lies the big problem. Women are too susceptible to social pressures. Uh, men are as well, but women slightly more so. And then you get feminists being like, you should go work, girl boss. And then women are posting these videos where we're like, I don't want to work anymore. Then don't. Find a good guy, get married. I'll tell you the problem. Problem Ronald Reagan and no fault divorce. What guy is going to want to get married when the system is completely broken? They're, like marriage is, is not even a contract anymore. It can be shattered for any reason. Imagine someone came to you and said, I'd like to start a business with you. 50-50. I'll take care of the administrative. You take care of the product development design and, 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 and execution. Deal. However, that guy at any time can break the contract and take all of the company's assets. You'd be like, no way. I would never enter that contract. Thus, we have this problem now with traditional marriage. And it's probably on purpose because the crackpot Malthusians don't want people having families. So now you have a situation where everyone's basically unhappy. The system doesn't work. I don't know what to tell you, but I do think we've gotten this far. I do think it's funny that we've gotten this far in the segment based on some woman shoving her ass in the air and then getting mad that people are like taking issue with her filming in a gym. It's cringe, dude. And you know, it's funny because this is the, the women in male spaces, male and women's spaces. Neither side really likes it, do they? Women want to put on their scampy, you know, skimpy clothing and then thrust their butts in front of the camera. Not all women. I know not all women do that. There are traditional women. I'm saying these women want to do that. And guys want to go to the gym and exercise. Some guys probably want to film themselves, of course. Some women don't want to film themselves. I'm just saying, tell the bad apples the GTFO. It's so cringe. They're, they're, they all, oh, dude, this was the cringiest one. Remember this one? It's just, ugh. it's really funny because uh, this video that was on Twitter of a woman walking up in front of her camera and then turning around and shaking her, shaking her ass. And people are like, why is she doing this? It's so cringe. Yeah, guys don't find that attractive. This is the funny thing. Women think it is, but women are actually just trying to impress other women. Now, of course, there are many guys who responded to me and they were like, bro, anybody would hit that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Do you think a guy's going to want to date or marry or be in a relationship with that woman? Look, this is what happens. You get these women who try to model themselves off of other women and they end up becoming something that guys are like, I'm not interested in that. And it's funny because, you know, we were talking about makeup too. I don't like makeup. I think makeup is gross. It, it's, it smells weird. It, it feels weird. It's gross. And so I've met like women, they just paint their face. And I'm like, Bleh. but hey, do your, do your thing, man. You know, you can look how you want to look. I'm not going to get mad at you. You, you want to wear a pink tutu and go out. You can do whatever you want. I'm just saying, I think most guys don't like makeup. Women put on makeup for other women. And then 
Guys are just not interested in that. And I hear from other guys they're like, yeah, but come on, dude. Like if she dressed like that and she was shaking her butt, guys would definitely want to hit that. And I'm like, yeah, come on, bro. But like dudes would hit anything. You know what I mean? Like that's not a high standard. Guys want to bang. You know, you're talking about how can a woman attract the cream of the crop, the best of the best, high tier male, successful, smart, intelligent, hardworking, all that stuff. It's not going to be by going to a gym and shaking your butt and twerking. I mean, it might be to a certain degree if you be part of some dudes like harem or something. But on average, a dude who breaks himself to get in shape, who works hard every day to make money. On average, is probably not thinking I want some dumb floozy. Yeah, he probably would hook up with her. Congratulations if that's what you wanted, ladies. But he's probably thinking like, I want to know that my investment is worth it. I break myself every day to be a catch. Am I going to hook up with a woman who's some low tier floozy who's just, you know, flipping around and it's going to do? Nah, you want smart, driven, passionate women who, who, want, who know what they want. In the end, not every guy wants a family. Not every woman wants a family and that's fine. But on average, they do. And that means a guy is going to look for a woman who's showing signs of being a good life mate and good, you know, someone who can help make a family. And women want the exact same thing in a man. But then you get this garbage. And it's just like, dude, ultimately, I think too many women take their advice from women. They look on social media, other women, and they say, I want to be like her because that's the good thing. And then they end up becoming something that like high tier guys don't want. And then I'm not, I'm not talking about these high tier guys who are like, I'm going to go date 50 women. I'm talking about a guy who works hard, wants to have a family, is going to be there for you, and is going to give you the life where you can rescue dogs and live on a farm. What kind of woman do you have to be, on average, to secure a man who will take care of you so you can rescue dogs and live on a farm? It's not this. It's not making a video where you thrust your ass in the air on camera and then complain about it. So, I don't know, man. I saw this video and I was just like, here, we'll do one of these video segments today. Because it's like, it's primary day or whatever. For people, for people watching this, I filmed this on like the primary day and we're all waiting for big news or whatever. It's a waste of everyone's time, to be honest. But I was like, let's see, we'll hit a cultural segment. So anyway, I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.